Y'all ready? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ready to hate on some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the podcast filled with haters. Today we have Laura, Kellen, Zoe, Bianca, and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. And today we're talking about some shit that we hate. Yeah, um, just as a preface. <laughs> just as because, a Capricorn moon. Yeah, just I I feel like I need to say this before we start because I just know we're going to get like some weird email from an annoying man, um, which we'll be talking more about shortly. But I feel like part of the motivation for this episode is that we've all been having kind of shitty I put I wrote shitty weeks, but then I was like months, years, years? honestly. Like at years. least Lifetime. the past year has just been like I think everyone in the world has had a shitty year. Yeah, um, punishing quarantine is terrible. Like not being able to see anyone or hug people or kiss people or just like randomly encounter people in the world is terrible. Um, and there's obviously a lot of power in staying positive and getting through it and all of that good shit, but. It's also important to acknowledge when things are bad and not working for you, um, like to identify things that we want to change or push back on. And also just sometimes it's like fun and healthy to yep. complain. And that is important, too. Yes. Um, I think I mean, we talk about this a lot on the show, but a lot of women and people socialized as women, especially queer women, trans women, women of color, disabled women have been taught that it's not really OK to complain, that it's a burden or you should just sort of suck it up and deal with it. Um, and like people often get this feedback mostly from straight cis men that's like you're complaining annoys me and yes. I don't want to hear it. Um, meanwhile, it's totally fine for them to complain and they don't see that as really complaining. But um, I assume most of our listeners are not thinking this, but yes, my cat moon would like to highlight venting is not a bad thing. It can <laughs> even be productive at times. And I just want everyone to know that <laughs> that is a thing. So with that said, on to our complaints. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think I think what you said is so is the truth is that we're fucking exhausted. So we also might do an episode that's season of the bitch loves because that sounds fun too in a different way. But mm -hmm. like, not today. <laughs> today wow. is not that day. My cat this is not that episode. As soon as you said season of the bitch loves, she was yeah. like, "Hello, I'm here." <laughs> She's like me. She's <laughs> like, "Oh, this is my time." Yes, season of the bitch loves Brooklyn. Um, okay. So starting off with the first thing that we hate is men. <laughs> yeah, public okay. enemy number one of season of the bitch. That's right. Um, you heard it here first. Right now, you're learning. Is yes. this the first time they've heard it, though? <laughs> mm -hmm. We've never said it before. Yeah. This is breaking news. <laughs> uh, and, and when I say I don't like men what i mean is i'm so fucking tired of violence in this world and guess who fucking perpetrates it mm, men mostly men i'm so fucking tired of getting literally yelled at out of a car 
windows when I take my daily walk for my physical and mental health, like literally just shouted at by men. I'm tired of looking for my exit plan when I see a group of men approaching. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So that reminded me, I was going to meet a man at a bar. This is like a couple years ago. And when I got there, I was a few minutes late and I was like, oh, sorry. I had to like walk around the block to avoid this like group of drunk men that was like on the side of the bar we were going to. And his response was like, wow, are men really that scary? You like went around the block. And I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) Have you met men? (laughs) Yeah, literally. Also, not a strong start to a date. That's right? terrible. The no, awareness. It, it didn't. It didn't proceed to go well. Um, but he did buy me a lot of drinks, and then I went home. Okay, you that's know. that's like the that's best good. that could come yeah, out. Of that's that. yeah, it was fine. But yeah, from like moment one, I was like, I hate you, but yeah, I will. Have so some mean. Drinks. <laughs> yeah, it's also funny because like I guess I just have not really been going outside much, but I sort of like for got about catcalling because I've just Mm. been walking around the world so much less and it's just like that is a thing that's going to become so much more prominent once we're going back to shit maybe the one outside of quarantine it's like 99% of the reason why I wear headphones when I'm walking around outside so I don't hear it oh my god yeah same even just so I can like pretend that I don't hear them even if I do yeah I feel like now that it's warmer it's also like catcalling season yes um and I was walking the other day and I was wearing like um like shorts but not I mean I obviously doesn't matter what you're wearing but I would just to like really set the mood I was wearing like not tight or short shorts but like shorts and a t-shirt and a mask and I got catcalled like three times in like a 10 block walk and I'm just like you can't even see my face you can't see my body everything I'm wearing is loose what is happening is it just the skin like no anyway it's, it's, it's just power yeah. yeah i know it is power I, <laughs> that's absolutely what it is i but, literally um, leave my house looking like elton john every day pretty much <laughs> like i need feathers which who wouldn't be into that though i you mean know? yeah <laughs> and uh, but i mean what i mean to say is i could not be signaling harder that i am gay <laughs> and and men are just like that just doesn't deter me right Anyway, I'm also tired of men being so fucking fragile that we literally have to worry about (laughs) violence when we reject them for being gross and weird because we don't want them in our lives. I'm fucking tired. I'm tired of feeling like I have to push against the overarching sexual predation that men give off in their existence. And men, if you're not aware of this, maybe check in with yourself because for me, if I'm like getting to know someone who is a man, it's only a matter of time before I have to worry about the fact that they want to have sex with me. Sorry to be blunt about it, but it is often the truth. But I do not want to have sex with them. And that is a really stressful situation and it makes me want to avoid men altogether. Most men do not know how to read the room, uh, take their foot off the gas and stop putting pressure on people to have sex with them. They're Hungry eyes alone make me feel uneasy. Hate the hungry eyes. <laughs> hungry <laughs> eyes. <laughs> uh, anyway, obviously, I have many dear friends who are men who don't exhibit these behaviors, but they are the exception to the rule, and they continue to work on their shit all the time. I just think that men tend to carry out microaggressions on the daily, and they don't even have the energy. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't even have the energy to correct that shit. Thank God I'm gay, so I don't need to really worry about it on a relationship level, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've told this story 
to a lot of my friends. So I don't know if like people already know who are listening, but this was like something that happened to me when I was young, where I was like, oh, that's interesting. I had a pathological <laughs> fear of men. Like it was so like, it was just a pattern, like nothing to do with my father. He's like wonderful, amazing. Um, but for example, when I was like a little kid, I would be looking outside my window and there was like, my next door neighbor was like an older man. He was like in his sixties or something. <clears throat> and anytime I would look out the window and see him working in his backyard, like on the lawn, I would like start crying from inside my house because oh I was scared of him. I was like, I see this I mean, man outside <laughs> and I'm scared that he's outside. And my parents were like, uh, what? <laughs> and I was like, I don't like that. I can see him. <laughs> I don't like that he exists. <laughs> wow. Similarly, I remember I had my first ever male teacher in fourth grade. And I like, didn't want to go to school on the first day of school. And my mom was like, why? And I was like, my teacher's a man. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously now I've like gotten over that. Like, I like, don't cry when, well, that's not true. I was like, I don't cry about men anymore. But but I feel like, like me as a child was like woke. Yeah, I was like yeah. the same way. Not um not so much as like seeing men out the window, but like I remember. <laughs> but I get like I wish I was there, you know. Um yes. but no, I remember taking swim lessons when I was like 3 or 4 at like the community pool and the um I know I've told the cause this story before, but the my instructor was uh, I say a man when I'm telling this story, but I realized that he was probably like a 16 year old boy, but I was like, no, I like cried. And I was like, no, this man will not teach me how to swim. And I like made them put me in a different group with not a man instructor. Yes. I also, yeah, I didn't have male teachers till I was in like fourth grade. And at that point I was like, this is fine. But um, yeah, I did not want like boy teachers or anything. But, okay, while we're talking about things we hate and men, (laughs) I hate when, okay, when I'm like, I hate men and people are like, oh, you don't hate men. You like hate patriarchy or like you hate gender roles. Like, sure. Yes, I hear you. Whose fault is patriarchy? That's right. You don't think men invented that? And also, I can hate it all at the same time. Like, I'm not picking and choosing (laughs) here. (laughs) That's right. Equal opportunity hater. (laughs) Yeah, I can hate men individually. I can hate men as a system. It's all, I have plenty of space for hate. That's right. Oh, well. Okay, so another thing that we hate or that I specifically hate is um, scabs. Um, Seconded. Union busters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So for background, I am currently on strike. The grad student workers at Columbia have been on strike now for almost three weeks. For people who like don't know how grad labor works, um, at most schools, you don't have to pay tuition to get a PhD. The school actually pays you to get a degree, not very much money, um, just for the record, in case you were wondering, because anyway, along the, the reason you get paid is that along the way, you're teaching or you're working in a lab or you're doing other labor for the school. Um, and as for the strike, there are like a lot of reasons that it's happening, but the biggest reason is that we don't have a contract. Like I've been working at Columbia for six years and I have never had a contract. Um, and what this means is that like our wages aren't set in stone. They can change depending on the year. 
um, they like our benefits can and have been just like totally changed on a whim. So for example, a few years ago, Columbia randomly took away our dental option, like not our dental insurance to be clear, but the option that we had to pay extra for dental insurance, it was just like randomly dropped. Um, there was someone Ugh. in my department. Yeah, it was wild. And like somebody, this is like an actual literal comparison that happened. Someone in my department had a root canal um, a couple months before that and, and had the dental insurance and had it covered. And then somebody else in my department had a root canal a couple months after they just randomly dropped the dental option. And the difference between those two root canals was literally thousands of dollars. And Columbia did this with one of our insurance plans more recently. They dropped the one that a lot of people who have chronic conditions were on. Um, and for those people, like our union looked into it and found out that the cost of their health care went up by 50%. Ugh. So it's really bad. Um, we want a contract, we want stable healthcare benefits and we want fair pay. And we, you know, we'd like to have like recourse when we get discriminated against or sexually harassed by professors, which like unfortunately happens all the time, but yeah, that's my spiel. That's why we're striking. I guess I hate Columbia. Yes. Um, also right support, now- support the Columbia union strike on strike if you can. <laughs> yes, definitely. We love the support. Uh, but yeah, I, I hate scabs. Hold the line, people. Yep. That is my spiel. We hate scabs at Season of the Bitch. That's right. Yeah, de- we definitely hate scabs. Um, I just wanted to add, I hate scabs like the bootlickers and like scabs that happen when you cut yourself. Oh, yeah, just for personally. Sure. Oh, yeah. For I think sure. they're bad. Yeah. Um, but so, Kellen, I also wanted to ask, I heard that some undergrads at Columbia have been asking their professors to like, release their final exams so they can do them like just for fun and they won't be graded <laughs> that's um, so upsetting first of all let me apologize on behalf of columbia undergrads my oh college my friends and i, I was were just like, talking Jesus about Christ. this yeah we i mean we we're just literally like i'm sure we were not this boring in college like what is happening there oh good um, lord but Anyway, I just wanted to see if this is something you've heard about. And like, I feel like it's technically not crossing the picket line, but like, it still kind of feels like in spirit, it's crossing the picket line. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts were. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good question. I haven't heard about this specifically, but like, I have heard about people like going to professors office hours, like extra because they're just like craving some kind of intellectual stimulation Mm -hmm. while everybody's on strike. And like, so I'm personally not mad at undergrads for being like, give us the test. Um, Even though that's like grade A dork behavior. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, I feel like, like with instructors like me who do like their discussion sections, who do all the grading, like they've lost a lot of their ability to engage with the material. A lot of what's happening right now is just professors lecturing at them over Zoom. And like, I get that a lot of them want to learn and like engage in, in ways that they're not engaging when they're just watching videos, basically. Um, So what I'm, I'm like, so I think it's really, like I said, just nerd shit but i'm 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 okay i'm not gonna call them scabs what i do get upset about is professors who are like still planning on grading stuff when their tas are on strike like that Mm. feels like a little more crossing the picket line like especially because in this scenario professors have a lot of power and they could really make a statement by standing with grad students and not turning in grades or like not grading at all so like 
that's where a lot of my frustration I feel like is directed when it's not directed at the administration that is like paying. I mean, the president of Columbia is the highest paid president in the um, Ivy league and he makes in um, three days what I make in a year. Yeah. Um, And so like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Another enemy of the pod, Lee Bollinger. So. Yeah, definitely. Hate him. We hate Lee Bollinger. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was a, t- a grad teaching assistant at the University of Buffalo, we were on we, like we were marching and like petitioning for higher wages. And my experience is generally that the students were so upset at how low we were being paid that mm-hmm. they were like. They were some of our biggest advocates. So yeah, I'm sure that there are the dorks there, but I'm also sure that y'all, I, or at least I hope that y'all are getting a lot of support from. Yeah, the oh, we totally well. are. <laughs> and like, I feel like there are probably students who support the strike and want to take Gender tests for dorks. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> they're like most people at Columbia. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have students who are like, like I'm teaching, or I was teaching when I was teaching like a public health history of public health class. And we talked about stuff like landlords in New York, like not putting in windows or like cramming people into tenement buildings. And like the students will type into like the zoom chat box, like, LOL. Wow. I love capitalism. And I'm just like, yes, they're sarcastic. Like, yes. Like my students are like anti-capitalist. They like get what's going on. A lot of them are like out socialists. Like, so there was a ton of, I got a ton of support. Um, yeah, like, you know, came out as socialists. Um, but yeah, so another thing that we hate, or yes. again, that I hate, is um, hate low-rise jeans, I which I them. feel uh, like yeah. we're, like, toying with the idea that those might come back in style. And I'm no. just begging Gen Z, like, let's keep the high-waisted. You can, we can do, like, flares, we can do boot cut. Like, I don't give a fuck. But, like, please do not bring back hip huggers. Please. Seconded. Um, I will also add that um, low-rise underwear. I cannot wear it anymore. I, 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 I refuse. Low-rise underwear with high-rise pants is just, like, what's going on? Yeah. Why are my underwear falling down? Exactly. It, it, for me, it falls down no matter what. Like, exactly. I'm, like, walking. I'm, like, this is not the way it's no. supposed to be. No. <laughs> High-waisted underwear is the way to go. And I know sometimes these things are unbearably expensive but my two favorite companies that sell these are arc and pansy yeah i just have to heavily agree also whoever decided that like underwear and pants should go on your hips which is the widest part of most people's bodies ergo aside from being unflattering it also just means like when you wear things on your hips on your waist your hips hold them up yes. when you wear things on your hips nothing holds them up yeah. like, like your butt <laughs> felt like if it's like around like the very top of your butt Anyway, I just think it's misogynist. I, it. yeah. I can't explain further, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. We hate it. Yeah. As somebody whose pants, like, they have to at least touch my belly button or fully cover them. Like, that is where, that's, that's where right. the, like, rise needs to be. I agree. Fully, fully in agreement. <laughs> anti-low rise on this time. Yes. <laughs> Full anti-low rise. Um, all, well, I think we're all pants. scarred by, at least me, because I yeah. am, unfortunately, the old. Right. Well, they were in fashion when I was in like middle school, which was so traumatizing. It was my high yeah. school. No, it, yeah. was, it was like, like yes, uh, yeah. yeah, just like nightmares of like my butt crack hanging out. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. Nightmares of everyone's butt crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just oh like... my God. You're just sitting in class and yes. like in the yeah, row you just, seat. 
seats see with the fucking desks you. with the chairs that are connected, you but you can it. see through the yeah. chair because it's They like, have like a hole right above where your butt crack is. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> Just make the chair a full chair. It's because like, you're hard. sitting in rows, you can see everyone in front of you, everyone diagonally in front of you. It's just like <laughs> a lot of butts. A lot of butts. A lot of butts, yeah. <laughs> and I, I've seen some pics of like from the early 2000s, like the thong look. I've seen yes. that like resurging oh, yeah. a little bit. And I'm like, oh, just like a thong sticking out of low rise pants. No, oh, I hate oh, it. Please, no. <laughs> like, love yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> If you're like, I'm considering wearing both a G-string and low-rise pants, you're going to be uncomfortable. Like, yeah, just big time. Yeah. Anyway, while, while on the topic of pants, <laughs> one of my longest held gripes, which longtime listeners of the podcast might know about, but the worst kind of pants, maybe. Low-rise pants are also pretty bad. But part of my issue with these is these are also low-rise. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I cannot stand cargo sweatpants because- what are you doing that you need to carry cargo, but also it's appropriate to wear sweatpants. Like if you're like going on a job, right? You're gonna wear like cargo, like khakis, maybe like cargo jeans. They're gonna stay up. You have plenty of pocket space. Okay, fine. If you fill the pockets in cargo sweatpants with cargo, they're gonna fall down and just like look very like lumpy. They're gonna fall down. And also where are you going? Um, so I just hate like the lack of pockets too and a lot of like, like pants for like women, quote unquote. I just like think all pants need an appropriate amount of pockets at all times. That's right. That's what I want. And dresses and skirts. Everything needs pockets, like, appro- but appropriately. <laughs> I just want to say that this is like, <laughs> this is like the third time that I've heard Zoe go on this rant about how much they hate cargo sweatpants I have so like feelings to everyone listening yes just know that zoe means it when she says that she hates cargo sweatpants do not wear them around me because you know what i'll do i'll pants you that's right <laughs> just kidding consensually only yeah um, but know that if you wear cargo pants i think i want to happen. as a prank so that you will pants me the next time okay but you, you have to also if, here's the here's the problem if you fill the pockets to really piss me off you'll pants yourself that's right they'll just fall off that's right own. <laughs> so i don't even have to self-owned <laughs> Whenever we all meet up in person, we're all going to be wearing cargo sweatpants. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just be ready for that. I actually, I did not know what this was and I had to look it up. I just want to be clear. I have never owned or worn cargo sweatpants, but I do love going places in just my sweatpants and stuffing the pockets full of shit so that I don't have to carry a bag. And they do like basically fall down like i just have to tie them very tight so <laughs> so imagine like, if they had even more pockets filled with things i mean i don't even i i can put a lot of stuff in there i'm i'm just saying and Julia's very like, yeah it doesn't look good <laughs> I but this. i just love how convenient <laughs> it is so <laughs> i also just want to say on the subject of everybody showing up to see zoe wearing um cargo sweatpants the last time we talked about this i actually went online to see how much it would cost to send zoe a pair of cargo sweatpants oh i'll wear them um <laughs> but i didn't want to spend 30 dollars on a pair of pants you would hate so i didn't do it <laughs> oh, i love that what was okay well i forget what the episode was that i talked about it i don't like, remember I don't know why that would have ever been appropriate it's so relevant I'm- to everything <laughs> Yeah. It's relevant to the patriarchy, it. to capitalism. You know we what? But it, it. You know, it is kind of like, um, what's it called? When people wear like Carhartt and do kind of like 
like cosplay of like work like industrial workers or like factory workers like cosplay okay so i i feel like i could make an argument that cargo sweatpants is like leisurizing people that need cargo for their job so this is now a class analysis (laughs) all right perfect um next thing that we hate uh so i hate uh when people have such lack of self-awareness that they end up basically flinging violence onto the world yes Yes. Agreed. Um, yeah. So, agree. so what I mean by this is that there are people who have chosen to love themselves and there are people who haven't. If you don't know, I'm going to tell you, you're unfortunately the latter. Uh, when people don't love themselves, really prioritize what they need for themselves and really work on the potentially damaging patterns that exist in their brains, you know, through therapy or medicine or both, if they're not doing that work, they're going to be flinging criticisms and bad behavior patterns onto other people, um, which is just exhausting. Uh, We see this all the time on Twitter, but it happens in close relationships too. For example, I've dated several people who have judged me for having weed or using psychedelics when they're really the most healing things for me. Like, why does my usage really bother you? Um, I get if I was, you know, like, obviously, I'm a person who's highly functional and doing all the things I need to do. I mean, of course, I get if it's if it's related to addiction and causing harm. But, you know, psychedelics literally bring revolution and peace to the world. So I don't know. My main criteria for someone to date me these days is that they have to be very kind and empathetic and hot and radically nonjudgmental. Because when people don't have their shit figured out, it's easier for them to focus on what they perceive to be problematic behavior on your end, even if it's not problematic. And that's not to say that any of us don't fuck up, obviously, but it's a lot easier to come to people with radical acceptance and non-judgment when you're comfortable with yourself and truly love yourself. Uh, You're literally the only one you're stuck with for the rest of your life, so please work on that. Um, also, if you have all those traits, you can email us an application to go on a date with Laura. Um, please include a cover letter, um, a resume, and we will be doing an extensive background check. Um, oh my include God. all social media handles and also include $100 uh, for the, the fee of us looking into you. Um, that takes time and labor. Okay. To protect if it your makes friends. you feel any better, I never check the season of the B email. So this will literally be my friends vetting me. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so yeah, hit us up. I might be kidding about the money part, but I would do a background check first. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not kidding about the money part. So, I mean, you also do don't have to want to date Laura, although why wouldn't you to send me a hundred dollars? That's true. true. But That's also, true. but I'm you probably should want to. I just Laura. knew Laura asked to be set up the other day. If I asked, I mean, tweeted about yes. wanting to be set up. So I was just you- like, just someone. <laughs> Please. If you think you could be the one, you can write to us and we will decide as a group. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. On the same line, something I've been experiencing quite a lot lately is just like people who like just don't know how their words and actions are affecting others mm. or just like speak without being like, oh, could I be hurting someone's feelings by saying this? Like, I feel like for a lot of people, that is like a natural step in deciding whether or not to say something. And then for some people, they just don't consider that. And I'm like, wow, like, 
a kind of example of this is that's like more specific is like somebody will be complaining to me about a person or a kind of person using really harsh language. And I'm like, often like, well, that's like unfair. And you're like very harshly judging them. Or I'll be like, oh, like I know this kind of person or like I am this kind of person. And I think you know that I'm this kind of person. Ooh. So why are you shit talking something about like shit talking yeah. something knowing that I'm also like this? Uh, and it's like, I talk a lot of shit too. So I'm not saying I'm like exempt or like a perfect Some angel. Some shit talking is good. It's good when you like don't cross the boundary of actually inflicting harm on people that you yes. care about and the people that you're talking to in that moment. Um, <laughs> it's like the bare minimum. Good rules, yeah. Right, and I'm just like, when it's so obvious that the person that you're talking to is also the kind of person you're criticizing, I don't know, maybe it's just not obvious to people, but that is like the most, like I'm surprised it happens as often as it happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally feel this. I feel like I'm honestly even bad at being like a venting partner sometimes because I'm like always trying to see things from the other person's perspective or like think about transformative justice approaches to deal with the situation. Um, I think like it often happens more when I identify with something they're venting about and I'm like, oh my God, like I do that. Are they going to cut me out of their life? Like I need to defend mm-hmm. myself. Um, and I feel like sometimes for me, like, it is a case of like me just being insecure and like I don't need to make it about myself but sometimes it's definitely like the other person is being too harsh and like doesn't need to be so critical of something that like you said they might know that I also do or experience um I think for me like a big line is when it's criticizing someone for like things about their identity that they can't control as opposed to like their actual actions which could totally be hurtful but yeah it's like just don't do that it really reminds me of like um when liberals would make those memes of like trump and putin making out and it would be like oh they're gay haha and i don't know first of all trump is not gay um but second of all there are just so many actually valid things to criticize him for it's like there's no need to bring homophobia into it like just don't Mm -hmm. or even when people would like criticize him for being ugly or fat or stuff like that it's like that's really just harming other people in your life who have those same experiences. Like just criticize him for his hateful beliefs and actions. I don't know. So basically just as going to make your friends that have those same identities or experiences feel bad. And also we don't want Trump straight people. You have to keep him. I'm you sorry. have to deal with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. On the lines of like people just having no self-awareness when they're talking, I I was working at a place and like this is an office of like five people and it's an (laughs) open office plan. Um, And this woman went on a 20 minute rant about millennials and me and my coworker are millennials, my other coworker. And I was just like, yeah, I'm a millennial. And she was just like, well, you don't act like millennials. And I'm like, oh well, well, you're a fucking jerk. Bye. Like, <laughs> oh my God. you don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. We didn't like accept that labor is something we want. No, of course we don't want this. Fucking get off my back. Wow. Yeah, I hear people do that, like complain about something to you that like you are or you do and then are like oh but like you're different as if that's a compliment it's like like other millennials right like yeah i i really am i was at this party like pre pre pre-covid a couple years ago and this girl was like wow like usually i don't like sagittarius but like you seem cool and i was like 
Uh, how dare you? I've gotten the same about Pisces. Rude. I'm oh like, what? <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, this isn't a compliment. Also, I have the most Sagittarius energy of anyone in this universe. So I'm <laughs> I'm truly just offended on all levels. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my god, yeah. Also, uh, just on the millennial thing, like it's it just really annoys me when people assume millennials are like teens or super (laughs) young like the oldest millennials are now 40 so it's just weird to assign like I feel like there's still this idea of like oh they're all like young people who don't have their shit together and it's like (laughs) well a lot of us don't have our shit together but like we're not that young so (laughs) like we we continue to age we still don't have our shit together right (laughs) like there are millennials that have like middle school age children like it's right yeah anyway yeah (laughs) semi-related On the topic of millennials and also things that we hate, um, I made the mistake of watching a Tina Fey movie earlier in quarantine that I think was called, like, Wine Country. Oh, Um, yeah. Oh, no, I've seen it. Yeah, same. So bad. (laughs) There's this, like, massive plot line where they complain about millennials and how they're, like, (gasps) too woke to get art. And it's like, actually, Tina Fey, like, maybe we don't like your art because you're a lib who hates sex workers. Like, I don't know, just a thought, maybe something worth exploring. Um, Tina Fey, come at us. <laughs> I l- I'll go. I'll go toe to toe. I. I. Are we hating on Tina Fey? We can. We can. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. I like some things that she's yes. done, but I hate her as a person. I yeah, I just think you know. I think sh- I think I hate her because she's the epitome of what could be so much better like she Mm -hmm. has the opportunity to use her influence in a specific way because people see her as like a lib progressive Mm -hmm. and she's just a fucking capitalist and it makes me so angry Mm -hmm. obviously uh so fuck we fucking i feel like girls did for for the lexicon i mean say that again (laughs) i said and yet what mean girls did for the lexicon I mean, Mean Girls is also, like, at this point, of a different time. Yeah. Mean Girls is a, so, is a period yeah. piece. It's like 15 years old. <laughs> that, I mean, I love it, obviously. <laughs> mean Girls is an early 2000s period piece. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Wasting away over here. <laughs> okay. This next thing, I think it's just highly specific and timely because I've been seeing a lot of these recently. But bad instagram infographics like i saw one this is the most egregious example that i saw on instagram this was in response to the atlanta shootings there was like here's why you shouldn't hate asian people infographic (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and they were talking about like uh the model minority myth there was a section that was like uh asians being like proximate like proximity to whiteness and then they said in the infographic, many East Asians are white passing. And I was like, do you know what white passing means? <laughs> like, I don't think anyone has ever looked at me and been like, yeah, this person's white. Like, it, <laughs> it, what? I think Jesus. maybe they were trying to get at like colorism, which mm. still doesn't even encompass all Asians because we're not all light skinned. Right. It was just a mess on so many factors. And it's kind of a shame because like, they do kind of carry this air of authority where they're like, here's what you need to know about this. You should care about this. And like, they're pretty to look at, 
But the thing is, like, the quality between infographics is often difficult to discern because it's like, I think they all just use the same couple of programs to make them. So they all kind of look aesthetically similar. So it's impossible to tell which ones are good and which ones are not good. And like, there are a lot of good Instagram infographics that I've seen that have like taught me a lot or like made me think or rethink about certain things. Like, especially ones where the creator is like generating new ideas or like just like doing really thorough research and not just like regurgitations of mainstream news or like just very simplified takes. Like those are the ones I think are actually good, but it's hard to pull like that needle out of the haystack. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so hard to like actually know what's good if you're just looking at the surface. Like I tweeted half as a joke. It really was only half a joke, but I was like leaving my main Instagram because I was seeing too many people post these infographics. And I was like, like, I would, I don't know. I, it's too much work to mute half my followers, yeah. people I follow stories, but I really wanted to do that. And I was like, I'm just going to leave. So yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> Hell yeah. I also think that as leftists, it's like, we're on social media. We're like, we want to be doing good things. But like half the people we interact with all the time anyways, like are often in the, in the know. I mean, like, I think if I do share something, it's because I'm hoping like my extended family will see it or something or the people that I know wouldn't get that information elsewhere. But it can be so fucking annoying. And it can also just be mm-hmm. feel exhausting aesthetically. Yeah. Well, it's exhausting because then it's like somebody will like take something they learn from an infographic to be like the truth. And then I have to be like, no, it's like not true. Or like other people have to do labor to correct for labor that somebody else did to make the infographic. And it's like, this didn't have to happen. None of this had to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This is only semi-related to that, but I guess it sort of has to do with social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had to throw this in there because I got like a text banking text yesterday. um, And just like, text bankers from candidates that get your number from the voter rolls because if it's like a dsa candidate or whatever i'm gonna get the text because i have specifically opted into their text banking list but so last night i got text bank from the fucking andrew yang for new york city campaign and i literally responded like lol how did you get this number (laughs) and they were like we got it from your voter registration which is public record and i was just like what the fuck like obviously okay i get that that's where they got it from but like i obviously don't want to get this text no yeah yeah it was just funny and i'm just like why why is this even a job that people do if andrew yang texts me i swear to god i'm gonna lose my shit that's all Mm -hmm. i have to say about that yeah Agreed. Enemy of the pod. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, definite enemy of the pod. Um, yeah, okay. I This is like kind of a big one that I feel like we have and could do longer episodes on at some point. But just like diet culture, generally people putting shit out there about what you're eating or like their feelings about what they're eating in harmful ways. It's just like, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, um, like like anything that when you're saying things like you need to go on a run or exercise to eat what you want or you like feel good about eating more and you vote like a vocalizing that in a group is very it like to me like sends me. I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm done in this space because someone's like so heightened and like really 
like monitoring all of our food intake, which is just so intense. And I understand that so many people struggle with disordered eating because of the society we grew up in had one specific body type, which is not a normal body, um, but or like highlighted that one specific body type. But I, I just think we ha- we owe it to each other to not like amplify that language in in space. Yeah, I think one reason I've been thinking about it also is like, it's wild to me how even when we're all just going to work, or like a lot of people are still primarily going to work through Zoom and not in person, people still manage to impose their weird food beliefs onto others. Um, One of my workplaces right now, like it's not in person, we only see each other over Zoom, but people still always make comments like, oh, like you're having a salad for lunch. You're so healthy. I'm so bad because I'm eating a sandwich. And it's like, just first of all, please chill. Like, but (laughs) it's just strange to me how people consider diets like a safe thing to talk about when so many people struggle with disordered eating. And like, Mm. you don't know what is going to trigger bad thoughts for someone or going back into disordered eating behaviors. So it's just like maybe don't comment on what or how much someone is eating if you don't know them super well because you just don't know if it's going to be appropriate or not. Right. No, I hate this so much too. Like as somebody who's had multiple different eating disorders for like a good chunk of my life and now in the past like five years, no, maybe even less than that, like three years have like gotten to a point where like I have a healthier relationship with food now. I don't automatically associate what I'm eating with what I look like in the mirror and I'm not like obsessing over like my body size really but it's like I think comments as you were saying Julie like comments about like the healthiness of food like whether you're being good or bad when you eat certain foods it's so colloquial and like commonplace still like people think it's just like such a uh like an uh acceptable thing to talk about and I think like you know, it's, you can comment on people's food. Like you can just be like, oh, that looks really good. Like that looks tasty without mm-hmm. assigning right. a moral value to what it is you're eating. Like, I mean, this happens, I and mean, this is already like covered extremely extensively on Twitter, but like, I was also just thinking about when Krispy Kreme announced that anybody who would get oh a vaccine God, yeah. would get free Krispy Kreme for the rest of the year. And this doctor came in and was like, well, at Krispy Kreme, donuts are not the healthiest thing that you can put in your body. Here are some other recommendations. And it's like, okay, you're going to choose this moment when there's a pandemic that is killing literally like millions, has killed, is killing millions of people to be like, well, you know, the thing, the health thing that I'm worried about right now <laughs> is whether or not people can choose to eat donuts. Like it's really- Jesus. There was another doctor that, because there were like multiple doctors. I saw another tweet where a doctor was commenting on this exact same thing and was like, you know, it's really not healthy for people to have donuts every day. And people are in the comments like, yeah, bitch, it's not healthy for people to have vaccines every day either. Like no one is advocating everyday donut stuff. But even if that's, do what you want, have a donut every day. Like who gives a fuck? Yeah. It's like, also it's, I mean- in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I were seeing that doctor, if I br- if I were bringing my children to see this doctor, like I would not want them to talk to me or my child about like what I'm eating in that way that is like shaming people for their dietary choices. Like, yeah. 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 I'm also somehow, I don't know how on like health TikTok, like I just get all these health TikToks. Um, 
truly I hate it I don't know how it happened to me but so like I keep getting these ones where it's like just like very like fit people that are like <laughs> let me show you how to make this simple healthy snack and then they like cut up an apple and put like peanut butter in a bowl and they're like this like really takes all my sugar cravings away like I never think about cake anymore and I'm like oh my sh- literally shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah the most egregious one was this person who was like <clears throat> I don't even get this one on so many levels, but it was like, here's a really healthy, like post-workout snack. Takes a tortilla, basically makes a quesadilla, but the inside was yogurt. Ugh. And like, I forget yogurt and maybe like some kind of vegetable. I hate it. And then folded it up and put it in a waffle cooker. Oh my gosh. So just like a tortilla and yogurt, like in a panini <laughs> press. And they're like, this is health. And I was just like, I- I've I'm landed so in confused. hell. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok is either genius or just like the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was mortified. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I also had honestly a great time watching. I-, I tweeted about this because I watched someone show how to make ice water. And it was so funny. <laughs> I was just dying. <laughs> oh my God. Um, also on the topic of food, I have to air a personal grievance that I feel like I'm finally, um, getting like, it's like, finally everyone understands that person you hate is bad. So this is like that, but with Tate's cookies. So I personally think that they are just like not good cookies. They're too crunchy and they're bad. And that is my personal beef with them. But also recently, they threatened to deport workers at their factory for trying to unionize, which is so fucked. So um, fucked. This maybe is one of those cases I was talking about earlier where I should just criticize Tate's for their actions, not for their identity. So if you like hard, crunchy cookies, that is fine, although you're wrong. But don't buy Tate's because they're horrible bosses. I'm just going to come out and say this. Like, Julia, don't walk this back. Liking hard, crunchy cookies is something that we should absolutely criticize. And yes, I am subtweeting the entire nation of Great Britain here, who I have come to believe, thanks to the Great British Baking Show, only want their cookies or like biscuits or whatever the fuck they're called over there crunchy. Like, Paul Hollywood is always looking for cookies to snap. And this is not okay. That's a great point. Okay, I'm now just going full mask off, crunchy cookie hater. Apologies if I'm <laughs> but you know what? Apologizing too because we got your back. Yeah, I think there's so a much. lot of crunchy cookie hatred solidarity here. If the cookie isn't like half raw in the middle, yeah, that's how yeah. we want it. Yeah, but Hope couldn't be here. Hope would have advocated for some crunchy cookies. Yeah. So solidarity. I also like, I understand that people like them, but I'm just like, you're wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, just I bad. can't relate. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So here's another thing that I hate. <laughs> We're coming up on the end here. Don't worry. Um, uh, so it is, it is something I hate with such a passion is when people's kitty litter is like everywhere. Um, I I love cats and most of the people in my life have cats and are totally good cat owners. There's not problems with this. However, <laughs> um, I have literally dated people who had like kitty litter in the bed. Uh, no. Like just, uh, inside yeah. the sheet. That's horrible. From the cats like traping it in and it was just like all over the house and I just... Uh, oh god it was a dark time (laughs) 
Yeah, that's gross. Also, just like as a cat owner, like generally keep it clean, but especially if I'm having someone over, I like yeah. deep clean like the litter and I have like a roller for the fur. I like defur my furniture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. If you're a pet owner, like your apartment doesn't have to be gross. Truly. Especially if you're going to date over. Get it together. <laughs> Wash your sheets. Yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's dark. It was a dark timeline. Um, <laughs> and on that note, uh, I hate dating. Um, I, but like, I'm such mm. a romantic that I feel like I am always dating because I love love and I like really seek partnership. Um, <laughs> but I hate dating so fucking much. Dating is terrible. Dating with trauma thinks I hate it. No, it's yeah. terrible. Bad. Yeah. Really bad time. Um, but we will be accepting applications. Uh, you can email yeah. them to us at, at seasonofthebnchemail.com. Um, please put like uh, in the subject line, like applying to date Laura, if you are, um, so that we can put them in a folder and organize it and like vote and come up with a system. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, there might be an interview process as well. That there has might to be, be determined. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll run it by. Also, if you college. want to to date anyone else on the podcast, you should probably write an email as well. It doesn't have to be just about me. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll sort them by candidate. Yeah, you can apply <laughs> to whoever. Please, please, as we said, include resume, cover letter um, as to why we should choose you, um, social security number, credit card information, <laughs> just everything we might need to know as we're screening you. Um, and Instagram and Twitter handles, whatever you got, just send it our way. And our Instagram yeah, and Twitter everything. handles are at season of the B. <laughs> you can Both find us there. <laughs> <laughs> we always have to comment on how smooth it is when we just break it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and like us on Spotify and give us your money on Patreon. I'm going to start a tier soon about uh, that is for astrology lessons. So I haven't figured it out exactly. Sorry if I'm springing this on y'all, but it's been something I've been thinking about for a while. Um, and it's going to be a, a Patreon perk where I do four week sessions Um so every week for four weeks and it'll be like an intro to astrology like a, and hopefully graduating up levels and stuff like that. So if you're into that, you can get us at patreon.com slash season of the bitch. So our reading group is about to be finishing the book we were doing and starting a new book soon. So it's a good time to join right. our That's discord and get involved with that. Yay, love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bitch.